Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. Humans Are Weird, written by Betty Adams. Human friend Mercy rotates with decision asked as she lifted her leading end out of the temporary tank the human in question had provided for her. What is it rotates? Human friend Mercy replied without turning her face away from the reflective surface of what was mounted on one wall. Wouldn't your meditative devotion be more effective if you had another mirror angled from your, uh, well, isn't your lagging end exactly, uh, I think you call it a supine surface, or perhaps a pair, or, or a trine of mirrors would be more effective. Perhaps humans cannot interpret an image scattered that far. Rolls a little your binocular vision should help with, uh, Human friend's mercy hand slowed in the soothing, repetitive motions, and the light show dimmed, allowing the peripheral sparks to dance more clearly. Her head slowly turned her face towards the undulate in the tank, revealing that she had sacrificed the bilateral symmetry of her face to get a proper visual sounding of the scene. It was, rotates with decision, had been led to believe a gesture of lack of understanding and mental effort to understand. See what, little girl? Human friend Mercy drawled out. I will ask again, once you've completed what you're doing, rotates with decision said. Do you mind if I deliberately observe all of my appendages? Watch as much as you want, the human replied with a graceful, almost undulate dip of her shoulders. A shrug. Rotates with decision believed it was called one of the more normal movements the massive bipeds produced from their numerous joints. Rotates with decisions, gave a hum of gratitude, and spread her appendages to observe the brilliant light show. She wondered idly why none of her companions with more human experience had ever mentioned this marvel. The brush, a massive printed device that resembled the algae agitators she used back home in the growth pools, was gripped firmly in the human's dominant hand, while she used her non-dominant hand to direct the fall of the thread thin fibers that grew out of the cattle end. The human had begun the meditative devotion by freeing the thousands of strands from the cloth band that had restrained them, and now the band clung snugly to one of the larger joints in her arm. Then she had started using the teeth of the brush at the lagging end of the fibers to tease out the tangles exactly as one had to loosen the more fibrous algae back home. The moment the printed material of brush had touched the fibers, a slow of brilliant sparks had erupted from the contact. As human friend Mercy had worked the brush up the length of her fibers and showers of sparks had grown in number and density, until the flowing mass of fibers was a veritable cascade of dancing light. When all tangles were worked out of the fibers, the human had worked up a steady rhythm that filled the room with a sparkling light. The beauty, the light, the rhythm, the softly chanted tune that rotates with decision couldn't quite make out. Everything 
about this wondrous scene before her spoke of a religious devotion. Even if Rotate's with decision hadn't had the chance to see the ancient human religious art in display, she would have recognized the holiness of that moment. As it was the tradition of putting a circle representing light around the head of humans in religious devotion, suddenly made so much more sense. Rotates with decisions suddenly realized that the chanting was actually a decker-marked counting form that the humans used. Human friend Mercy was counting up by one and was somewhere in the mid-sixties. Rotates with decisions wondered which human prayers had that many beats. She had been somewhat under the impression that nightly prayers were usually shorter. She wondered suddenly if it had been rude to interrupt the prayer. Humans were oddly solitary creatures sometimes. True, human friend Mercy hadn't appeared to be offended, but the human was probably too agreeable to express such a thing even if it was an inconvenient time. The pace of the prayer was picking up in anticipation of the end count, and human friend Mercy was briskly dragging the brush through the full length of the strands, catching the mass of her non-dominant hand and guiding the mess through the tines of the brush. The resulting light show almost obscured the dancing fibers in its glow. Human friend Mercy reached a count of 100 and finished with a powerful stroke that made the room glow. Rather than bask in the accumulated light, she parted the sparkling strands down the center of a caudal end and began quickly braiding the two halves into the side braids that she explained were the most comfortable for sleep. Showers of spark, showers of sparks fell from her fingers and lit her on the shoulders before extinguishing in the ambient vapor. The human finished the task and dropped the brush on the shelf before giving a little hop and landing on her bunk. What was the question you asked, Rotates? Human friend Mercy asked as she shifted in a usual human search for comfortable position. Primarily, I wanted to know why you have not arranged for a view of your, uh, dorsal, I believe. Surface during prayer time, rotates with decision said. Human friend Mercy stopped shifting with her pillow clutched in her hands and stared at rotates with decision, with a fracturing gaze that indicated deep thought. What prayer now? Human friend Mercy asked with confusion clear in her tones. The counting prayer that you just performed at the mirror, rotates with decision said, gesturing towards the reflective surface. That wasn't a religious thing. Friend Mercy said slowly. It was a hygiene thing. It distributes the oils properly through my hair so that the oils produced at the base of the strands can reach all the way to the tips. It also prevents insects from nesting in the braids and dislodges any dirt. I count to make sure that I've got sufficient time to the task. Rotates with decision positively wriggled in surprise. Such astounding beauty produced from a merely hygienic process she exclaimed. How delightful! But surely, even so you would want to view a full effect of the light flow. The what now? Human friend Mercy said, but that was interrupted by a yawn. I can ask you about it in the morning, rotates with decision said as she slipped back into the tank. Good idea, human friend Mercy said, and she shifted position to begin to sleep. However, after a moment, her arm lifted to her side and dropped across a caudal end and reposed that usually indicated thoughtfulness rather than restfulness. Yo, rotates, human friend Mercy called out with another yawn. I think I got it. 
My and my sisters would sometimes brush our hair in the dark to see the sparks it made. I bet you can see them even without being in pitch black. The human voice had wandered off into sleep and her arm dropped to her side, so rotates with decision did not bother pausing the matter. There was always tomorrow. She stared at the lingering glow in the braids that fell over the human shoulders in fascination. Was it possible that a species could produce such beauty without realizing it? Then of story. Story number two. Pint-sized devils, written by knots of British Brit. When we activated our distress beacon, what arrived was nothing like what we had expected. When the Kalkan Empire decided to invade our homeworld, they slaughtered men and women alike. They allowed their soldiers to assault and torture our children, and did whatever they desired. We couldn't fight back. Their ships not only outgunned us, but outnumbered us as well. Even our entire fleet protecting our planet, we stood no chance of surviving, let alone winning. So we did what any desperate species would. We sent a message out into the void, hoping that there might be another species out there in the deep reaches of space. Whatever they would do couldn't be as bad as what has already happened to us. Something did find our message. It didn't say much, but what it did say was terrifying. We are coming. Its voice was deep and romantic. We had no way of telling what it was or what it was going to do. But we had hope. The ship that arrived was large enough to fit the entire Calcum fleet inside any one of its many hangars. At first... It just stayed there, exactly where it had walked to. The Galcom fleet had rained enough munitions into the massive ship to destroy a small moon. The ship's shields barely even flickered under the assault. But it was enough to get a reaction out of whatever was piloting the monstrosity. Thousands of small torpedoes made their way to the surface of our world. We thought that it was going to obliterate anything. But the torpedoes never exploded. And what came next was unheard of. The small torpedoes opened up. Tiny creatures no larger than a child left the torpedoes and unleashed an unholy assault upon the Empire. Their weapons didn't make the same electrical crackle as the Empire's energy weapons. Instead, they made a noise so powerful that it made the Kalkan forces cry out in pain, even without being near them. And the weapons themselves with things of the gods, striking any and all foes. No armor nor shielding could stop their wrath, their armor sharp and black, reminiscent of demons. The Kalkan stood no chance. Their ships fell like leaves in the autumn breeze. Their soldiers hunted and killed like animals. Once it was done, it was as if the Kalkan Empire never existed. The beings marched their way to the main bunker that housed the remaining world leaders. They were menacing, even while being the size of a small child. In unison, they began to remove their helmets. Only one thing went through our minds when we saw their faces. Adorable, yet um, terrifying. Their little faces were smooth and their hair looked so soft 
compared to other Melinian species, yet they were covered in Galcom blood. It didn't seem right for such an adorable species to be so powerful, but we were happy they were there. It had been sixteen Terra years since we joined the Terran Alliance, and we haven't regretted it for a minute. So, uh, before I go, uh, they are cute, but, uh, don't piss them off. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.